From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. I recently emailed my friend Kim Kaup, and when she replied a few days later, I noticed this at the bottom of her email signature. It said, note, I check my email every other day and try to respond to messages within one to two business days. If there's something that is urgent, contact my assistant at assistant's email address. So I wrote back immediately and asked if this was true. How could it be true? How does she function as a successful entrepreneur without constant email monitoring? I mean, I check my email every few minutes. I checked it right before recording this. I will check it right after recording this. But Kim, well, eventually wrote back to say that, yes, this is a new thing she's trying. And this blew my mind. So I thought, well, I got to learn more about this. So I invited her on the show. My name is Kim Kalp, and I'm an entrepreneur and CEO and founder. Of what? Oh, I'll say it again then. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Um, okay, take two. Ready? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably use take one as well. I'm just going to use No, no. Yes, Kim, that is what you get for not responding to my emails immediately. All right, here's who Kim actually is. My name is Kim Kalp, and I am a founder and CEO of the marketing agency Bright Ideas Only, and I am also a keynote speaker and podcast host, just like you, Jason. Kim also had a vacuum cleaner going on behind her just at the very beginning. We we fixed that problem, so going forward, her audio will be a lot cleaner. But anyway, let's get to the to the real point here, because... I don't understand how it is possible to function without checking your email every single day, every single minute. But of course, that is no way to live. What Kim is doing sounds very appealing. I just don't know how to actually do it. So let's get one thing straight here. Kim, you really don't check your email every day? I check it. I do check it every day. But I don't want the expectation from other people that I am checking it every day and or constantly. Now it gets interesting. Here's what we're going to do on this episode of Problem Solvers. I am going to interrogate Kim about this grand email experiment that she has undergone. Because yes, secretly, she is checking her email every day, but she is not responding often. And she is training people to not expect her to check her email every day. She is doing something very, very interesting. And it made me realize that maybe just maybe, we have a lot more freedom from our inboxes than we think. That is all coming up after the break. And now a word from our sponsor, Keeper Security. Keeper is the top-rated cybersecurity platform for protecting organizations of all sizes from the most common password-related data breaches and cyber attacks. Did you know 81% of data breaches are caused by weak password security? Keeper is more than a password manager. It's a scalable and customizable security platform that includes industry-leading features such as automated user provisioning, role-based enforcement policies, SSO, SAML integration, advanced reporting compliance, breachwatch dark web monitoring, and more. Visit getkeeper.com today to start a free 14-day trial. All right, we're back. Now, be honest. Did you check your email during the break? I don't blame you, but there is a better way to live. And we're about to find out. 
Here is my conversation with Kim Kaup. So where this came from is back in 2020, when the world all exploded, I realized in 2021 and 2022, okay, the world is starting to come back together. People are starting to go back to quote unquote normal, whatever normal means for them. But I looked at this, you know, as you're always talking about building for tomorrow, what is the world I want to live in? And the world I want to live in is not me in my email for seven hours a day. That's not the world that I want to go back to. That's not the world that I want to live in. And so what I realized is, okay, as we get back to the quote unquote normal, I need to set up for me, what is that new normal? And for me, it was retraining my clients, my contacts, people who need things from me that I am not available on their timetable. They need to be available on my timetable. If you are asking for something from me, It needs to be, when is it good for you to get this to me? Not when is it good for me to get this from you? And so for that, I just realized, okay, I really want to make it that nothing is a fire drill. And so what would it look like if I was only in my email, let's call it once a day or every other day, which is really my end goal. So, okay. I like the word training a lot because it is true that every engagement that we have with someone is training them with some set of expectations. We are teaching them how we operate, how they operate in relation to us, what to expect from us. And so you can consciously train someone to expect a certain thing from you. But is this something that people will accept? Because if somebody is going to hire you, I understand setting the expectation that, look, we don't do fire drills over here. I'm not here for your beck and call like a crazy person. But if I hired someone to do a job, I would like to reach them. And the idea that they might not be looking at their email for like a solid 48 hours might give me pause. Did you understand the expectations that others would have of you as you were trying to train them for what you want? Well, I always try to have that upfront conversation with anybody that I'm working with and saying, what is going to make you feel best? And for some clients, they want it. They want my personal cell phone number. They said, you know, I won't use it unless it's an emergency, but I just want to know that I have that bat phone. If that brings me comfort. And Mm -hmm. and then I always say to them, okay, for some clients, it's, I want to have a weekly check-in every Tuesday. And if we don't need it, we can cancel it. But knowing that it's in your calendar and it's reserved for me gives me peace and comfort. So I always talk with new clients or anybody that I'm working with, whether that's a speaking engagement or a partnership. And I say, what is going to help you sleep at night? Is that having my cell phone? Is that having a standing weekly meeting for me? What is that for you? In return, I'm going to tell you what that is for me. And what that is for me is I really want to be in the business of deep work and not superficial work. And with most things, like you saw at the bottom of my email signature, I say, if this is an emergency, you can contact my assistant. My assistant has my cell phone number. She ha- she will be able to reach me if this is an emergency. I have now had that in my email for 13 months. I have not had one person ever reach out to huh. her. Wow. Which I think goes to show people regulate. And I think they know, okay, is this an emergency? 
Because if I'm reaching out to the assistant and I'm kind of shaking the cowbell saying this is an emergency, it can't be, oh, I stubbed my toe. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's, yeah. that's an embarrassing emergency for everybody. So I think also that notion of, I have to tell somebody else, whatever this emergency is, I think a lot of people kind of self-regulate and go, well, gosh, if I'm going to have to tell somebody else that it does, it does kind of sound ridiculous when I say it out loud. Maybe right. Or it better be, it better be real good. It better be real it. good. And in which case in 13 months, nothing apparently has been good enough to warrant that. That is amazing. What you have moved to or what you have validated, because as it turns out, nobody needed you the very second that they emailed you. They might've expected it or wanted it, but it turns out they didn't need it, is that you have created a it-can-wait experience. Uh, that's not the right word. You've created an it-can-wait set of expectations, an it-can-wait culture, maybe. And that is a good place to live in. I think it's a great place to live in because it also says to people, when you are getting my time and attention, you're getting my full time and attention. I'm not going to be on a conference call with you and then furiously typing. I mean, how many Zoom calls have we all been in? And you hear people typing. You can hear it. And you're going, well, they're not paying attention to me. I hear them typing on the Zoom call. I know they're not. And, and I was doing so, it earlier today. Yeah. And so for me, it's really about, okay, if we're going to do these Zoom calls, which I don't think are going away anytime soon, if we're going to keep this sort of virtual atmosphere, then I can't be in my email. As convenient as it is, that's you wouldn't do that in a coffee shop. You and I wouldn't meet in the middle of Manhattan at a coffee shop and I wouldn't pull out my computer while you were talking right. and start answering emails. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So for me, it was really like, okay, as we move into 2022 and as we move into 2023, if we all really are going to take these Zoom meetings in lieu of the coffee shop on 34th and 5th, then we need to start acting like it's a coffee shop on 34th and 5th, which means I'm not typing while you're talking to me. Kim, so somebody emails you and maybe they have been told already, maybe they've engaged with you before. They know that uh, you, in theory, are not checking your email. It says it right there in your email, but you have now admitted to me and thus the world that you actually are looking at your email. So what are you doing? Take me to Kim on the other side of that email. You're seeing emails come in. Are you just intentionally not responding to them right away because you want to set that expectation? And then how are you managing that? How do you not go a day or two and then completely forget that you were, were supposed to respond to this email that came in that you could have responded to a day ago, but you didn't because you didn't want to set the expectation. What are you doing? Well, I mean, let's be honest, half of the training is for me, yeah. like in addition for other people. Listen, I'll be the first one to admit I was an email addict. I was hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. Oh my God, another one came in. Oh my God. Okay. I was in the subway, but then I came out of the subway and three more things. Full blown. I mean, yeah. self-admittedly full blown addict. So it's been as much me. of a learning lesson for me as it is for other people of, okay, Kim, get out of there, put your phone or whatever it is on the other side of the room. And when you're sitting down to do this book proposal, or when you're sitting down to do whatever it is, you've just spend two hours uninterrupted doing that and not leaking over in your email. And oh, let me just check one update on Instagram and just really doing it. And so what I do is every other day, 
I have either an hour or a two hour block to what I call clear my emails. So let's clear them out. Now, what's also helpful is I have my assistant Shelby and anything that I look at that I automatically know it happened today. I'm doing a speaking engagement and somebody emailed sure as always asking for my bio, my profile picture, all that sort of stuff. Do I need to respond to that? No, but also does it need to wait until tomorrow? Probably also no. So in that case, I just forwarded to Shelby and she knows, okay, I'm going to step in. I'll email these people back with whatever they need. So to answer your question, yes, I am still looking at the email and there could even be a response to the email, but it might not be from me. It might be from her. And so that is an easy way. But if it's something that involves me and sitting down and making an answer, then just know that I'm doing it the next day and I'm doing it in a time that's specifically for that. Has anyone ever complained about this? Well, not yet. However, I have a client that I'm working with right now who it's a bit of a fire drill situation. They're like, I want your cell phone number and they have used it. And I'm Mm. like, that's fine because I'd rather just set the expectation from the get-go than to have the bubbling under the surface. Like, well, they haven't gotten back to me. Where's the email? Why haven't they emailed me back? If it's really, if really, then call me. And I think that that's something that I could wax poetic about and get on my soapbox. We somehow have become like frightened of the phone. I don't know when that happened, but like I'm going to call someone, they don't answer, but then they email me back five minutes later, pick up the phone. It's going to be faster than us sending 17 emails back and forth. So I'm more of a phone person. I think I'm slowly retraining people. I always say you have two choices. You can call me and you can get an answer pretty quick, or you can wait till the next day and I'll email you back. And that's your choice. If you're scared of the phone and you only want an email, then you're going to find out the next day. If you're not scared of the phone, then you can pick up the phone and call me. The grand email experiment continues after this break. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge, a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel, and more. When you enroll your Visa business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Once again, that's visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, we're back. So just before the break, Kim was talking about why she prefers phone over email. And I'm going to push back against that a little bit. This surprises me because to me, the phone is an imposition. This is why I'm afraid of the phone. I'm afraid of the phone because it requires someone to address whatever I need right now. Stop what you're doing. You got to talk to me, which is different from pretty much any other mode of communication we have. If I send you an email, you can see it and get back to it a minute from now, 10 minutes from now, a couple hours from now, a couple days from now. It is asynchronous communication. And I had just assumed that everyone is so busy that asynchronous is better. I mean, Kim, if you called me at random in the middle of the day, I'd be happy to hear from you. But also, I probably wouldn't have the time to pick up. I'm in the middle of a call. I'm doing something. I don't have time. Send me a text. 
And so I am surprised that you are welcoming people to need you in a synchronous way when you are also trying to create an environment for yourself in which you're able to do deep work that is thus disconnected from people's immediate needs from you. Well, yes and no. So yes, in that what I feel like has happened is I totally agree with you. Email is the way to go. Email, let's set up time to talk. Email, let's set up time to get together, whatnot. But what has happened somewhere along the way, and I don't know where, email has now not only become as a way to get in touch with people in the future, but it's an email during a fire drill. I need something right now, and I'm just going to email you 17 times with an urgent thing, or all caps, or all red. I see. Like, and if as you a result- need something that don't blow up 36 emails in the email chain with urgent, urgent, really end of day, EOD, call me. If it is that, if you, if something is that urgent, call me. And so I think what I'm trying to retrain people to do is hopefully email is exactly that. It's using it to set up time. It's using to ask for passive answers to questions, things that, you know, you can get back to in the next 24 hours. The world is not going to blow up, but really retraining people. If the world is going to blow up, if this is something urgent, then either call me or email my assistant, but don't don't send me 36 emails saying urgent with 17 exclamation marks. Right. Because if you set the expectation, now I understand what you're saying. If you set the expectation that you will respond to the urgent emails, then you are also setting the expectation that you are constantly looking at your email. Correct. And so the problem isn't Kim is unreachable. The problem is Kim doesn't want to be looking at her damn email all the time. And so you are creating a hierarchy. And if Correct. it's really important, then somebody can reach you. But at that point, it better be important enough that it's worth the phone call. Exactly. And what I've found over the last 13 months with people's self-regulation is it's not as important, clearly, or someone along the way would have been kind of sounding that alarm, but nobody is. And so I've really retrained my email to be a passive place. There are no more fire drills or emergencies in my inbox. It doesn't exist. Do you think this is replicatable for someone who is not the boss? I think it would depend on who your boss is and what their expectations are. Because I always say that it doesn't, I don't care what company you work at. I don't care what it says on your company culture page, the website. If your boss is a psychopath, you are then working like a psychopath. Because if they're emailing you at 10 PM and saying, I need a response in the next two hours, well, then it looks like you have to be on your email at 10 PM or you're getting fired. So you're only able to set boundaries as well as the person above you. And if the person above you is bad at boundaries, well, then you're probably also going to have bad boundaries because you can't help it. What would you say is the thing about this process that you're still working on the most? You would describe this to me as a work in progress. Where do the bolts need to be tightened? Honestly, me. It's not so Mm. much other people. Other people have been like, yep, no problem. Got it. Great. 
it's me. And I, and probably a lot of us, right? That sort of neurotic energy of if I'm not checking my email, I'm unproductive. And if I'm unproductive, I'm going to get fired. And if I get fired, how much am I going to pay rent? Like, like you just, it, it tumbles and you're like, wait, how did I get down the rabbit hole? And it started with, I didn't check my email once in this hour long period. I mean, now we're checking email when we're standing in line for Chipotle, we're checking our email in the bathroom. And I don't want to care what anyone says. Everyone has checked their email in the toilet. I don't care how cool and clean you are. You've done it. I know you've done it. I know you've done it in public. I know you've done it in your own home. Like at what point- I've done it today. Yeah. Like at what point can we not pee in peace? Okay. (laughs) Like just put it down. Do we really need to check the email? And so I would say the thing that needs the most work is me and my neurotic tendencies of that FOMO, that scared- inner feeling that if I don't check it, I'm going to get left behind. Kim, as a send-off to people who might be rethinking their own email strategies now, can you describe whatever you did today in lieu of checking your email? Like, I will tell you that I looked at my email more times than I can count today. I looked at it in every possible way. I looked at it on my computer. I looked at it on my phone. I looked at it in different settings. I went out to lunch and looked at my email. I stood in line somewhere and I looked at my email. I couldn't get away from it. And I cannot imagine what my day would have been like today had I not been looking at my email. What was your day like today? You were looking at your phone. I'm looking at my phone because I I have started to... I forgot where I got this. I'm sure a million podcasts have this, but time blocking. So I've Mm -hmm. gotten really into time blocking. Ooh, I love time blocking. It helps me deep focus. And so I'm looking at my schedule. From 9 a.m. to 10.30, I worked on a proposal. At 10.30, I called my mom for 30 minutes because I had to catch up with her. At 11 o'clock, I worked uh, before I did a live LinkedIn live on my podcast. I had an interview from noon to one. I ate lunch from one to two. I talked to my assistant from two to three and with you from 3.30 to 4.30. And after this, from 4.30 to 5.30, I will work on another proposal. And then from 5.30 to 6.30, I will get into my email. And let me just be completely honest with everyone because I feel like we're all friends if you're listening to this. At 5.30, I will likely have a slight panic attack. Why? Because of course, I'm going to open my email and there will be 63 unread messages. And I'm going to go, oh my God, I have time blocked the whole day, which is great. I've gotten these proposals done, called mom, did this live interview, talked to Jason, great. But there will be 63 unread messages and that will give my heart a flutter. So it's retraining myself to say, it's okay. There's 63 minutes. It's okay. Let's go through the messages Let's see. Are there some that you can respond to? If not, tomorrow, I have an hour and a half blocked off. We'll do it in the morning. We'll do it when we wake up. After we go for a walk, we'll do it in the morning. And so again, a lot of it is retraining myself to be like, okay, there's 63 messages, but again, there's no urgent calls or emails from my assistant or my business partner. Like obviously nothing, nothing has blown up to the fact that those 63 emails aren't just people asking for a Zoom meeting or asking for an agenda or something that very easily could come today at 5.30 or could come tomorrow at 10 in the morning. 
This is very inspiring. And just to be clear, you really haven't looked at your email all day today? I really haven't, which you're actually making me a little anxious because I'm like, oh my God, you're <laughs> right. I haven't. And I'm I'm probably going, like I said, it's my own. Yeah. I mean, there are cheat days where I go, I'm having my lunch and I'm reading through. And there's also things that I really just like to read, right? Like at lunch, I usually read a lot of newsletters, yours included. Like I, okay. I enjoy reading newsletters that come in my inbox, but I don't feel that panic need that, oh my God, a client is asking me for agenda for next week's meeting. If I don't get that agenda to them by four o'clock, it's like the meeting's not till next week. They could have the agenda tomorrow. Why do they need the agenda today? Like, don't worry about it. Get on the agenda tomorrow. Kim, this is a peek into a parallel universe. You can do this, Jason. I know maybe not every other day, but you could say I'm only checking my email from nine to 10 and then again from four to five. Very possible. Right. You're right. You could do that. You could do that. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. This is is something I'm really, I'm trying to digest this. It's a lot to take in. It feels a little overwhelming. But oh, it's gonna inspiring. give it's gonna give you anxiety. Yeah. I want to make that clear. I don't want anyone to think that I'm like Zen yogi, like, oh, you just meditate and then you just don't check emails. No, I am neurotic. Like this has been a long, this has been 13 months. And by the way, I should say, I should have said like a gateway drug. When I started, I was like, I'm only gonna check email three times a day. 9 a.m., noon, 3 o'clock. Because what I was, what was happening is I would need to do like a proposal that I knew was going to take an hour and a half, and I could never get to it because during the day I just kept answering the email. And here's a fun fact: the more emails you send out, the more emails come get. back. And then what would happen is I'm sure this happens to a lot of people listening. It got to be 5 p.m. The proposal never got written because I was in my email all day. And then after dinner, instead of spending time with my husband, I'm doing the stupid proposal at like 8 p.m. at night. And I'm like, why am I doing this proposal when all day I could have done the proposal? So then it went from, okay, nine, you know, noon, three. Then I was like, okay, let me just do nine, two. Like, like, so this 13 months, I mean, it has been, I've been weaning myself off because let's be honest, email is addictive. It's an addictive substance. So it's not easy and I'm not zen about it. Kim, but I'm trying. If someone wants to get in touch and then wait to hear back from you or receive any of your wisdom in any other means, how would they do it? I'm on all the social networks just under my name, Kim Kalp. And here's an easy way to find me on Instagram. I always think this is fun. Start typing in Kim Kardashian. So start (laughs) typing in K-I-M-K-A. And then instead of the R for Kardashian, I am literally the person under Kim Kardashian when you search Kim Kardashian on Instagram. So I always say there's going to be a Kim K with her clothes off and there's going to be a Kim Clay with her clothes on. I'm on. So if you see somebody fully closed, that's me. So it's very, it's a very fun fact. That is a fun fact, Kim, even perhaps more fun because I follow you on Instagram and I do not follow Kim Kardashian on Instagram. When I search Kim K, you are first. I'm number one. And she is second. And she is second. (laughs) Well, that's the only time that's probably going to happen. I'm usually second to Kim Kardashian, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Kim, thank you so much. This has been inspiring and a little overwhelming and I appreciate it. Thank you. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. 
Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.